getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live. We will let the stream breathe here just for a second. You guys know the drill. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime, officially back in the saddle now. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, based on what we heard from Vic Fangio on Tuesday about the whole idea that you know they don't expect to get full team activities together until training camp, which is July 28th, the good news is... Despite that, there's reports that NFL is allowing coaches to be among the team employees who return to facilities. I believe it's starting June 5th, which is tomorrow. So that's a silver lining. And, you know, if positive momentum continues to build, there is a chance we could see players maybe back in to finish the tail end of phase three of OTAs before that six week traditional break in between till camp. Yeah, and cities and states that, that have followed the, the proper guidelines with the issue that shall go unnamed, you know, they can, up to this point, they had team employees, executives, and rehabbing players. So non coaches, non healthy players. Now, though, it was a maximum of 75 people. Now, the maximum is 100 people. Like you just mentioned, coaching staffs, no players yet, still rehabbing players, but we're moving closer and closer and closer to normalcy, Chen. Uh, we're not going to get any sort of OTAs, minicamp practices, probably won't get anything until training camp, but that they're back in the building. Fans, you can get his his desk back, his work back, get back in the grind. Just That's important, too. I mean, it's also mental in the NFL. It's repetition. It, it's, it's having the same regimen. So him being away from the office, having Zoom calls and Zoom press conferences, this is not normal. Fangio is a creature of habit, and I know for sure he'll be happy back in the building tomorrow. Absolutely true. And – they're not as as pro athletes and pro coaches. They're not impervious to, you know, the vagaries of being a human being. What we've been going through since halfway through the month of March, yeah. this eerie, weird feeling of just we're it's there's no normalcy. Like we're waiting for real life to get back to existence, right? And so many people are feeling that in the form of unemployment, the social protests that are going on right now all the different things. And, you know, for players and coaches, they're craving normalcy. They're craving routine. They're craving, you know, getting back to a semblance of, of that normalcy as well. So 
if it begins with the coaches, Zach, that's a great first step. I'm still hoping that they can maybe squeeze in some kind of a mini camp. As long as they make it equal on all footings, meaning that all 32 teams are able to get their players in, then uh, you got competitive balance. It's all good. I would hope they could make that happen. And it's also worth noting, too, that they still haven't gotten the rookies into the fold yet. However, a good positive note on that effect is that Jerry Judy appears to be in Denver. So that's good. Maybe he can then now join Drew Locke in what we'll talk about later on in the show here tonight, the main topic, in some of these outside workouts outside of the UC Health Training Center. Yeah, Judy finally saw for himself that Denver isn't full with wild roaming bears and gazelle and, and zebras and all that. He really had a, a weird image of what Denver and Colorado is like. But, yeah, it, it's important for the coach to get back in the building and have that sense of normalcy. I personally don't think we're going to get anything until training camp, but I'll take it at this point, Chad. A couple yeah. months ago, we thought nothing was going to happen. We thought everything was going to be up in the air. But now, slowly but surely, the NFL has slow played it, and you got to give them credit for that. They haven't panicked. They didn't give in to the mob mentality. They didn't say, we're canceling anything. They let things play out. And you know what? Good news with the summer and good news going into the fall. And also the news that the NBA is yes, basically re-kicking off a form of their season. It's going to be truncated. It's going to be different. It's going to be extremely unique in the annals of NBA history. But it's going to be a season nonetheless. So for fans just of sports in general, we need that. Just like we talked about, I believe it was on yesterday's show, part of what's feeding what's happening right now in terms of the, the feeling of just kind of being disconnected from normal life and emotions being close to the surface and all that sports helps us to stay kind of balanced and, and checked in. And when things get tough or we get stressed out or we get overwhelmed or whatever it might be, some people escape by reading a novel. Some people escape by turning on a DVD or Netflix or whatever. A majority of Americans escape by turning on, sports, pro sports, college sports, whatever it may be. So getting that back, even dish the NBA, and if there are no OTAs this summer, it's all good. I'm just going to not look that gift horse in the mouth so long as training camp starts on time and we get an NFL season. Yeah, I mean, I can personally attest. I'm sure you can as well, Chad. This is my distraction for an hour, four days a week. At football, I surrounding the Broncos game. That's my distraction three hours a week. Sports, it, it, it's a cliche, but it's really the truth for a lot of people, including myself. It, it's your getaway. It's your break from reality. And considering this year how bleak reality has been, we need sports more than ever. So, Training camp, no training camp, which I think there will be. Fans, no fans, which I don't think there will be. I'm just happy football will be back later this summer and then this fall for sure. And you know what? If that is how it shakes out, not only are we going to count our blessings because, man, how just grim has it been without sports. But think back to 2011, the NFL lockout. I mean, there was all kinds of doomsday predictions about that. For those of you who can remember how it was being reported in the media that that whole offseason when players were locked out from facilities, there were no OTAs. Von Miller got drafted by the Broncos, number two overall. Orlando Franklin, Raheem Moore, Nate Irving, that whole class comes in. They're not able to step foot into the facilities until training camp. And how did that season play out for the Broncos? Well, as we all know, got out to a really ugly and slow start in John Fox's first year with Kyle Orton as the starter. But whatever it was, week six, might have been week seven, Tim Tebow finally gets inserted. And though it was not the most polished form of football ever, offensive football, they turned the ship around and made a playoff push and defeated the reigning AFC uh, champion, Pittsburgh Steelers, in the wild card. And the rest is history. So you know what? That was still a really fun season. I don't think anyone watching football that at that time 
can probably think back and go, you know, I could tell, man, this was a, you know, a league that was really missing out on its OTAs. Maybe there were some spots where you could think, well, if they'd had OTAs, this rookie quarterback would have had more time to, you know, Cam Newton could have developed his passing chemistry better and things like that. Yeah, you could always make that argument. But by the time you get to the actual season, everyone's on the equal footing. And so long as everyone's on the equal footing, you get a equal, believable, plausible and, uh, you know, product, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and you know what, considering how deprived we've been of sports the last couple months and how we thought that maybe football season wouldn't happen at all, when it does roll around in the fall, Chad, even if it's limited attendance in the stands, and whether, however weird it might be, we're just so grateful to have football back more than ever before, more than in 2011, more than in 2001 after 9-11 when sports were kind of on hiatus. This is a needed necessity right now. It's not even an option. It's not just a game. It means a lot to a lot of people, including myself, including you, and I'm so psyched and happy. It will be back in a couple months. Last thing I'll say is it also brings people together. And we Absolutely. need that right now. We need unity to 100%. see through these, these issues that are occurring right now to effectuate the changes that need to be made. People need to be able to come together. And it's just another way to do that. So today's episode, of course, you guys, is the Mile High Mailbag. We are your football priests. Each and every week, we're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. So I hope you came correct. I hope you came with your questions your comments, your reactions, maybe some of you need to exercise some demons. We'll be here to help you do that. And we want to touch on a couple uh, of things Vic Fangio had to say about Mr. Drew Locke and what he's done to learn this new system without any OTAs. But first, a couple of really quick matters of business, you guys. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. You know the drill. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And while you're at it, you're going to want to make sure you follow at Mile High Huddle as well for breaking Broncos news and analysis as it's unfolding in real time. And gang, just a gentle reminder, if you're in a position, head on over to huddleuppod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself one of these football priest hats. Get yourself one of the T-shirts, the hoodies, the face masks. I mean, this week, one of the things that has helped make this week, despite its upheaval and, and the tumultuousness of this week, is I've had several awesome members of our community and listeners reach out with selfies of something they pulled off the merch store, whether it's a mask or a hat or a t-shirt and being able to turn that around and, and reshare it and get it out there, just vaulting the community. So that's one thing I want to remind you guys, you guys are hitting this site each and every day and you're patronizing the store and we appreciate you and we thank you for that. But make sure once you get your gear, you reach out to us, whether it's send us an email at milehighhuddle at gmail.com. DM us on social media, whatever it might be, reach out with a selfie so that we can shout you out. But check it out. It's one way to support the show if you're in a position. If not, it's all good, guys. Three simple things that you can do to help out. This is especially crucial if you are on YouTube. Subscribe, A. B, always like the video. That really helps out with the algorithm. Even people, when they dislike, they think they're hurting us, they're actually helping us. Any engagement on the video, whether it's comments, likes, dislikes, shares, YouTube sees that as good stuff, so they vaulted up the algorithm. So like it, share it out there if you really love what we're doing. Those three things can really help us, and they're small organic things you can do to help support Mile High Huddle. Hi, All haters. Right, <laughs> Indeed. They're out there. It, it is what it is. Let them hate. We're not losing any sleep, though. It's all good. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Okay, so really quick, we're going to get to your questions, guys, I promise you. And I see some great comments, questions. We got some super chats already stacking up. The community being very generous this evening. We, you know, we love you and we appreciate you. We're going to get to your questions. I just wanted to get Zach's thoughts on this one thing that actually pertained to football that Vic Fangio talked about in his Tuesday press conference, an article that is running right now at milehighhuddle.com. The number one story currently on the site in terms of traffic and social shares and all that stuff. Headline Vic Fangio dishes on how Drew Locke has picked up the Broncos' new scheme without the benefit of OTAs. So as we know, Rich Scangarello canned in January, Pat Shermer replaces him. And you think to yourself back then, here we go. You know, they're going to have a whole offseason to jive together and, and get on the same page and Locke can learn the system and start throwing with his receivers. And then the word that, that shall go unnamed comes in and completely throws a wrench into that. And Locke has had to find ways to make do while staying in touch with his coaches, his new coaches, and Pat Shermer and quarterbacks coach Mike Shula, long distance and through virtual Zoom type of meetings. On Tuesday, Fangio gave fans an answer to how Locke has managed to kind of roll with those punches in terms of learning the new system, picking things up. And here's what he said, quote, he's just continued that upward trend throughout the offseason. I think he's done a great job learning the new offense. He's done a great job with Pat and Mike Shula and dealing with them on a daily basis with the Zoom meetings. That's encouraging, a daily basis. I know he's leading workouts with the players locally here where some of them get together and try and run the routes and the new concepts we're teaching. He's ready to go. He's chomping at the bit, and all is good on that front right now, close quote. So, Zach, he's not resting on his laurels. He's not sitting on his thumbs. He is has been working on assimilating this new playbook and this new offense and all the new concepts on the daily. 
Drew Locke wouldn't rest on his laurels. That's not who Drew Locke is. He's not Paxton Lynch. I, this, what more do you want from this guy? I mean, he's meeting up with Peyton Manning while he could. He's organizing workouts at a safe, socially distanced uh, limit. I mean, he's interacting with his coaches on a daily basis through Zoom. For a young 20-something, you mentioned, Chad, the human element to the football game, the football universe. He's a young 20-something. He's building a family. He's worried about himself through these uncertain times. And still, despite all of that, He's doing literally everything in his power to become a better player and really take hold of that starting franchise quarterback job. That's why I'm not concerned in the least with the truncated offseason, with missing uh, OTAs and minicamps. I'm not worried about the the playbook or turnaround, roster turnaround. Drew Locke is prepared for this because he's Drew Locke. He knows no other way but to succeed. Yeah, I mean, we might not be necessarily talking about the you know reincarnation of Peyton Manning from a preparation standpoint, although... Manning has become one of Locke's mentors, so don't completely put that past him. But we learned just last year as a rookie how seriously he took the challenge of mastering Rich Gangarello's scheme, learning to call these long, jumbled plays that the NFL utilizes that are so drastically different than anything he had to deal with in high school or college. You know, repeating the play calls to himself in the mirror, going through the VR training when he was on injured reserve twice a day of each and every practice. So this kid, I think he realized how much that helped him make that quantum leap forward from the player we saw him when he injured his thumb against the Niners in that third preseason game and he left the field. That version of Drew Locke, compared to even the player he was in his first career start in week 13, it was a proverbial quantum leap. And that work ethic and the way he attacked the mental aspect of learning and mastering all those, those things that take place between the years for a quarterback – I think he realized how much that helped him, and it's he's only continuing to build on that here in the offseason, even without the benefit of OTAs. He just gets it. Some players just get it. Some players just have that it factor, and you, and you can't teach it. You can't learn it. You can't buy it. I, you have it or you don't, and Drew Locke has it. Listen, I'm not crowning the guy. I'm not saying to sculpt his bust in Canton just yet, but what more could you want from a young quarterback who's not even entering his first full – he hasn't had a first full season of starting caliber play under his belt yet, and he's – doing everything in his power, despite all these roadblocks, despite the uniqueness of the offseason, I get Drew Locke a ton of credit, and it's going to help him become a better pro starting this season. Let's grab this question from Robert on YouTube. And by the way, welcome into all of you who, who are hanging out in the room. We didn't name each one of you or say hello individually this Absolutely. time, but you know we appreciate you. Thanks for joining us. Robert wants to know, and this is appropriate for two reasons. One, we know that one of Zach's jobs is covering the Dallas Cowboys for heavy.com. And two, the fact that what happens – in this calendar year with Dak Prescott's contract could have a butterfly type of effect on what happens with Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos down the road. So did Dak Prescott get his contract done yet? What's the, or let's just put it that what's, what's the update there? Well, let me just preface this by saying I'm not a Cowboys fan. I get, I get this comment. So weird. Every single video, every single pod, every single remark I make, I am not a Cowboys fan. That being said, nothing new on the DAC front. They have until July 15th. He's on the franchise tag right now, about making $31.4 million. He will get a new deal. It will come to fruition, I think, just under 35 per season. A lot of money, but that's market value. I think DAC will be in Dallas for a long time to come. Tyak, what's going on, my friend? Nick, are you asking us if you we blocked you? Because, of course, we didn't block you. That's a weird question. We didn't block you. Heck no. You're one of our freaking studs in the community. We're not going to block you, my friend. 
uh, DM me if there's some kind of if you're having some problem with Twitter or reaching us because you're definitely not blocked, my friend. Um, all right, let me see what we've got here. Dang it, it just did a jump, and we're operating here without Buana Beast today, and that's okay. Zeus. So everyone needs a day off. Zeus McPeak, not just from the top rope, as you guys all know, from MHH Mount Rushmore itself. Very generous. You know, we love you, my friend, and his message to everybody, as you can see here. Hi, all. It's good to see you, Stu. Hope you're staying safe. Hope you're happy, healthy, and wise, and everything's going well for you, my friend. Uh, we appreciate your your uh, generosity at each and every podcast. We love you, my friend. Douglas, he says, you guys are like brothers from another mother. Thanks for the last few years of a valuable podcast. Hey, Appreciate that. You know, we put glasses on, Chad. We pretty much look alike, especially when you got <laughs> when you got the the facial hair going out too. I that's right. It. That's true. That's true. I had to tighten it up. I cleaned it up this last week, yeah. but uh, got to get to Eddie that. Vasquez saying, uh, "Ain't no place like home." That's right. You are home, dude. You're in the manger. You're safe. You're amongst friends. You're amongst family. And we're talking football. We're talking Broncos. All right. Let's see what else we've got here. Bear with us for a second. Yeah, Brent. Hey, thanks for popping in, reminding everybody to smash the like button, and especially on YouTube, subscribe. We're well over the 7,000 mark, and even though this is the last podcast you're going to get from Zach and I this week, we're off Friday and Saturday. Sunday night's podcast is going to be a gas. It's going to be a barn burner celebrating and and kicking off a week of celebration here at MHH of crossing the 7,000 barrier, and we'll just trust me. We're not going to spoil it. You just want to make sure you're tuned in for that. Do not miss it. Brian jumping in, one of our superstars, been with us a long time now. Really appreciate you, my friend. So sick of politics in sports. Honestly, Zach and I feel your pain there, my friend. Yeah, enough said. Absolutely. Um, Zach, how are you feeling today? What's the update? I'm doing a little better and it's still not a hundred percent, but every day with this, what I'm dealing with right now, it's every day is a little more improvement. So um, I'm happy to be on the, on the men chat. It was uh pretty bad for a while there. Good to hear. Good to hear my friend. We're just glad to have you back in the saddle. Appreciate Terry you. up in Canada with a $5 super proven as always Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. It's good to see you brother. Hashtag Broncos world indeed. And then a very, very generous super. From our friend, DA Dub, Discount Audio and Wills. We hope the store is rocking and rolling. You're back to some kind of normalcy, hopefully, from a business perspective. He says, what's up, fellas? Seems like the excitement is starting to build. Locke has really given us excitement for this coming season. Do you see any veteran corner still possibly getting signed? Honestly, Zach... I'll let you tackle this one first and then I'll kind of supplement. I mean, just like inside linebacker last year, Chad, they didn't do anything about the position, even though they had multiple opportunities. They're comfortable with the players they have. They didn't sign a Mukamara. They didn't sign Logan Ryan. They didn't sign anyone on the open market. So I think for the time being, unless there's an injury, they're going to go with who they have in the secondary. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. 
They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Pretty much, that's it. I mean, they're, they've telegraphed it multiple times. And even if you don't listen to what they say, their words, the NFL, of course, the language of the NFL is money. And, and following the money, you see how the personnel pieces get put together. And the way the Broncos spoke to you, the fans, this past offseason is, outside of adding A.J. Bouye via trade and outside of drafting Michael Ojemudia, they're happy. They're content. Let's put it this way. They're willing to kind of stick in a holding pattern with regard to the remainder of that depth chart until they can actually get out on the grass and see if the guys that they're very intrigued by that, that were on the roster last year are able to take that next step. As we've mentioned to you multiple times before, Vic Fangio has said he's got his eye on two guys that he really expects to take a leap forward. We can only deduce and guess and, and hazard at who those two are, but they're going to roll with the youth until and unless they're proven otherwise out on the grass in the preseason or something that it's just a complete train wreck. Then they'll go outside and see what's left. But unfortunately, you run the risk with that kind of a philosophy, Zach, of the, the talent pool, what's available, drying up by the time need right. becomes a, a serious thing. And DA Dub, thanks, my friend. That you didn't have to yeah. do that. Very generous. Tremendous. Super Tremendous. Thank we you. Love you, buddy. And let us know how the store's doing. George, speaking of super chat, superstars, really appreciate you, my brother. Thank you, George. He says, a bit late as I had a church podcast, but doing what I do. Also ordered a second dad hat. I love it so much. <laughs> Look hey, at that dude. support. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you. Thank you, George. As always. George, it's good to see you, my friend. And uh, the biggest Queensryche fan I've ever met. Good to see you, bro. Here's a superstar go dating way back. Rocking the MHH state of being hoodie like a boss. You guys know him. Steve Baumgartner jumping in. He says, I'm glad Jerry Judy is in Denver. I hope he can get with Locke and the others. Zach, on that topic, we know Locke's been getting together with you know Philip Lindsay. We don't know exactly who. We've the only players we could make out for sure in that pictures, the pictures we've seen from fans who just happen to be driving by and go, Gull darn it, that's Drew Locke. Stop, take a picture. It's Philip Lindsay, although I thought in one of them I could maybe make out uh Troy Fumagalli. At the same time, it could have been Jeff Hireman. There's one angle that I could maybe see one of those guys being Cortland Sutton. Yeah. But one thing we know for sure, none of them up until this point was Jerry Judy. How much do you think that might affect him? I affect Locke or affect Judy? Judy. 
I, I think I don't think it's going to hurt him too much. I mean, he's a very advanced among the wide receivers. Chat, he's the most pro ready guy, I believe, over Rugs, over uh, C.D. Lamb. So I don't think it's going to hurt overall in the big picture. Obviously, you like to have that chemistry forming. Fortunately, now he is in Denver, though. Locke is in Denver. They'll be linking up. They'll be getting those throwing sessions down ahead of training camp. I don't see it affecting him at all negatively. William, welcome into the manger, my friend. We don't want to neglect our Facebook audience, so we're glad that you're participating. Black Knight, good to go. I, uh, he's he, Black Knight's, you know, he's one of a big-time member of the community, one of our Super Chat superstars as well. And he's kind of uh, offering up his services as a consultant of sorts for MHH on Twitch. We're trying to figure out how to use that uh, streaming service, but we'll see how it shakes out. Um, let's grab Kevin G in the house. Really appreciate that. Thank you, Super Kevin. chat, Kevin. Will players forgive Fangio and play with no issues? All right. Before you answer this, Zach, let's just preface this with, I think we all said what, what needed to be said. We kind of exercised those demons last night. Yeah. Do you think this is something uh, we know, for example, Wednesday when Fangio woke up, there was a controversy had been kicked off by PFT shining a light on that particular clip. He said, we know that Fangio then had conversations with players at the facility, not in terms of face to face, but, you know, they had Zoom meetings and they had their daily meetings or whatever. And he was able to get their feedback and realize kind of where he went wrong and whatnot. I don't see them harboring any because it's not like he it, it was more of a. a if anything, a statement of ignorance rather than him committing some kind of, you know, um, faux pas. I mean, it was a faux pas, but he wasn't, you know, using racist uh, language or anything like that. I personally believe this is going to be water off a duck's back as soon as they realize what he meant to say. And he and they realized he listened to them on where they might have felt like he kind of went wrong on that. They correct it. He releases the apology, correcting his what in trying to specify what he meant. I think it's water off a duck's back. They move on. They play football. I'm going to chalk what Fangio set up to accidental misspeak. I don't think what he thought was wrong in the moment. I think he was speaking his own truth like we talked about yesterday. I'm not going to get into it, you know, the meat and bones of it. But fans are calling for him to resign or for the Broncos to fire him. It's so ridiculous to me. It's such an overreaction. It's not going to happen. And he's a very, very... You know, say what you want about him being old school. He's a very heady coach. He's a very yeah. self-aware coach, and he realizes the state of the country right now, the state of the Broncos locker room, and I think they're a very close-knit group, enough to the point where come training camp, this will be a thing of the past. I don't see any negative uh, effect of this going into the season. I agree. Christian, one of our superstars, jumping in, showing some love. Appreciate that $5 super, my friend. Thank you, Christian. He says, I've been playing franchise mode in Madden with Locke and company, and I have them in contention. Can't wait to see it come to reality this year. Very cool, man. And that's, I know, for a lot of fans, it's one thing that's kind of helped people get through this, you know, we'll say the last 10 weeks. Has it been that long? Goodness gracious. Is being able to at least have Madden and all that stuff. So glad to hear that. Feels like 100 Um, weeks, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It really does. What is this? Hold on a second. I got to see. We've got a user in here with the word bigot in his handle, and I don't want any drama. All right. I'm just, I don't even want to. Ain't no room for that in here. No, we don't need it right now. Um, Okay, here we go. There's never, right now, we never, there's never any room for bigotry whatsoever, not just right now for what it's worth. All right, let me see here, gang. 
I really, I think we've said everything we want to say about Fangio. Let's see what Cody has to say over on Facebook. I think also, if I'm not mistaken, Ginger Ninja, right, on YouTube, he says, hey, guys, I know about our tackle situation, but how good can our middle three on the O-line be? Who will play center, and can the middle three elevate the play of the tackles, and does Reisner go all pro this year? Hashtag MHH gang, Denver Broncos for life. Really interesting question there, Zach. I think there's evidence to bolster the argument that interior play does trickle to the outside. As an example, you didn't see a lot of hints toward this the first half of the season, but I think Reisner had a very calming and galvanizing effect on Garrett Bowles down the stretch. Yeah. A lot of people want to chalk it up to Munchak, and by all means, there's, of course, Munchak had a role in that, but I think Reisner played a big role too in Bowles kind of steadying the ship down the stretch. Now, it remains to be seen whether that momentum for Bowles will continue into 2020, but that question is an absolute yes from me, but to answer the the straight up question of who will play center, do you see it being anyone other than Lloyd Cushenberry the third, the third round pick? He would have to fall on his face completely or get injured for him to to lose that center spot, Chad. And, and answer the question: the Broncos potentially, maybe not this year, but for the years to come, for the future, they could have one of the best interior O lines or the best one of the best overall offensive lines in the entire NFL. Glasgow was a great signing, a huge, huge improvement on the perpetually injured Ronald Leary. A great boon for Juwan James, who's a guy who's, as you know, a very inconsistent player. It's an even year though, so hopefully there's optimism there. Bowles is the X factor, though. You know, you can talk about Reisner helping him out, but it's still on Garrett Bowles to be consistent and be that tackle the Broncos want him to be. Answer the question, though. Great interior offensive line. It's going to help the protection. It's going to help the running game. It's going to help the entire offense. Also, Ginger Ninja, not to uh, shower Ginger Ninja with uh, favoritism here, but it's another good question because Spencer was in the news this past week. We're talking about Deontay Spencer, wide receiver slash returner. Where does Spencer fit in the depth chart? Well, if according to Vic Fangio, they still like Spencer as the returner this year. Now, whether that's how it ends up playing out from a roster math perspective remains to be seen. But I think he, if he does make this roster, Zach, it's going to be as the sixth wide receiver, similar to last year, but probably worse. Now that you got KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton, you're probably just not going to see him on the field much at all in terms of offense, only as a returner. You know what? I do like Spencer. I think he was a big boost for the Broncos specials last year, but I'll believe he's on the roster when I see it. I still don't think they're going to carry a guy for one singular role. He's not going to have an offensive role, and Hamler can play punt returner. Like you mentioned, the players they have who can play punt returner. Fangio can say what he wants now, but by fall, by September and and week one, I think Hamler will have that role locked down. If I were in those rooms and I was trying to help kind of shape what the roster math is going to look like, I would be pushing for Hamler to knock out that role. So two birds, one stone. Let him do slot. Let him play wide receiver and get a lot of reps. Also let him – because that way we can have a strength elsewhere. We can add an additional O-lineman or an additional corner or wherever we feel like we're a little bit weaker, go strength in numbers on that side instead of carrying six wideouts again. So we'll see how it shakes out. Derek jumping in, one of our superstars. Good to see you in the stream tonight, my friend. Derek. Got here late, just showing love. Well, better late than never, my dog. It's good to see you. Poppy jumping in with a very generous super. Wow. And the coolest profile pick. Rocking the football priest mug, rocking the shirt. We love it, Poppy. She says, 
Can't wait for the football season. Very excited and high on Drew Locke and his offense. Go Broncos. Thank you, Poppy. Very generous, super, and we just love what you bring to to the community, my friend. But it's a good example, Zach, that Drew Locke has inspired this fan base, and it's worth querying. Can he manage those expectations? You know what? I I think he has the mental – makeup and I think he has the physical talent to succeed and you know what though Chad despite everything we've been through this offseason the one constant is the optimism surrounding Drew Locke and it's so refreshing to see after years of mediocrity under center Drew Locke has instantly retransformed and revitalized this whole Broncos team and the fan base it's very exciting to watch this is the overtime podcast network not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl not anymore The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. The Broncos paid their dues. They took their lumps. They wandered the QB desert. What was it? Nine and seven in 2016, basically living off the juice of the Super Bowl 50 defense still. And then three consecutive sub 500 seasons. Drew Locke saved 2019 from being a Vance Joseph caliber sub 500. They were one game under thanks to Drew Locke coming in. And of course it wasn't all Drew Locke, but you don't make that change in week 13, you don't end up finishing four and one. If that's still right. Brandon Allen, if it's Joe Flacco, who was on IR, would, was impossible to play at that point. But still, <laughs> in that sense, you got to give him his credit. And KR, it's good to see you. We uh, are happy to have you in the stream again and hope you're safe with what was going on in your neck of the woods last night. And we're looking forward, of course, to talking to you on Sunday. George, George you know you don't have to do that, wow. dog. Just blows our mind how generous this this community is. Indeed, George, you are. And we've talked to George as a guy who 
one of our superstars that in the near future we want to have on as on a segment and introduce you guys to him, talk a little Broncos. We'll figure out what we talk about when we start working some of our superstars onto the show for segments. And uh, maybe it'll be, you know, how you became a Broncos fan. Maybe it'll be your top three Bronco moments or memories or whatever. We'll, we'll figure it out when we get there. But, George, we appreciate you, bro. Um, yeah, Robert, we're sick, of, we're sick of politics and politics as well, my friend. KP down in Florida, he's trying to atone for uh, getting us last night with the, <laughs> with the word really that you mentioned. Uh, appreciate the, the super. Yeah, yeah he said Drew Locke with half preseason first team reps is way more than three weeks off of IR. And with two Pro Bowl running backs and his receiving weapons and Pat Shermer, it's a recipe for success. Hashtag tailgate tent. It's been two weeks. Yeah, dude. He's, I mean, Locke got, Locke was working toward second team reps when he injured his thumb last summer. And then, of course, on exile for 11 weeks. I'm just stoked to see what he can do with first team reps for the entirety of camp and all of preseason and how that might be able to help him launch forward even farther when the regular season opener rolls around. And especially in this offense, Chad, with the, with the weapons that he has compared to last year, it's just so exciting, and the potential is truly limitless. I, like you, I can't wait to see him on the grass and what he can do this season. I'm optimistic, and I think he'll meet those expectations full force. This is a great. This was a great game. And in fact, I remember watching this game uh, from Kenneth Booker over on YouTube. Good game to watch. Elway versus Montana, their last Monday night football head-to-head matchup. One was a Bronco, one was a Chief. Nine Hall of Famers in that game, and they also talked about how the Broncos almost signed Tim Brown away from the Raiders. That was a an epic game. I agree with you on that, my friend. Uh, let's grab Oscar, who's just showing some love. $3 Super. Thank you, Appreciate Oscar. that. Love you guys. Go Broncos. Horse clock. <laughs> Can you think? Okay. We need, we need a, a bleep thing on the pod chat so we can actually say what it actually means. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. We need we'll one. Uh, look at this. Speaking uh, of the queen of MHH, we, we bow from the top rope and be above, as we you. all know, MHH wow. Mount Rushmore. Very generous. It just sometimes it just. You know, we just don't have the words, and maybe some people get sick of us saying that, but it's just true. Like we just, it blows our minds sometimes. And Christy, we're really looking forward to to having you on the show Sunday night. Don't be nervous. We're just, it's just, it's only <laughs> football, so don't don't it's just don't us. worry. It's just us. <laughs> yep. By this point, we all know each other quite well, so it'll be fun. She says, "I'm so ready for some football. Can't wait to see what's in store for us this season." Hey, man, we're inching steadily closer, and it will be here before you know it. So just stay uh, stay positive, stay safe, don't get caught up, and we'll be there before you know it. All yeah. right, let me see what else we've got here. James is really keeping the, the conversation going on a, on a positive note in the stream, and we really appreciate you doing that, my friend. Um, it's good. It's good stuff. Jake jumping in with the $5 super. Appreciate you, Jake. Glad to see your other half is back. Appreciate well, you. Indeed. indeed. Do you guys see McManus getting the field goal record this year or another argument on the sidelines? <laughs> Zach, I'm more inclined to expect to see another tantrum on the sidelines when Fangio doesn't give him a shot at a 65-yarder than I am expecting McManus to nail or even get a chance to kick a 65-yarder. Although 
he believes he, he can hit it. Yeah, I was going to say, he's really well-intended this year to hit that mark. And he has the leg. He has ob- obviously the stadium and the atmosphere to do it. And uh, he's been kind of down the last couple of years. He lost his McMoney moniker, and I think he wants to get that back and, and be back to the elite kicker that he was. I'm not going to say it's it's a 0% chance. I'm going to say it's it's a it's a f- decent chance that he comes close to it or actually gets that. might be in preseason. Might, it might not matter. It might be a flag on the play, but I think he has the leg, and it, it really could happen. He just has to get better from from fifty and beyond. That's really where, yeah, you know, that big leg of his those first couple of years in Denver through the Super Bowl year, probably through twenty sixteen as well. He was clutch from long distances, and then these last few years, man, it's basically flip a coin on whether or not he's going to hit from fifty or more. So, and I just, as you guys know, when it happened last year, it just rubs me the wrong way. A kicker throwing a tantrum on the sideline, throwing a helmet, passive aggressive. Um, remarks in the media about his head coach like to me it's more headache than a kicker is worth what McManus had going in his favor and continues to have going in his favor though is he's a really good dude in the locker room he is much more engaged with all the other players in the locker room than most kickers are most kickers are kind of those specialists on the outside they don't get grafted into the fold McManus and Von Miller are like best friends and one's a kicker one's a future hall of fame you know and (laughs) so Really, I think that's kind of saved his bacon, but I just didn't like that. They're people too, Chad. Kickers are people too. This is true. This is true. (laughs) Don't discriminate. Eclipse jumping back in super after being extremely generous on Wednesday night show. It's good to see you, you, Eclipse. Thank you, Eclipse. We appreciate you. He says, happy Thursday, Priest. Apologies for my tardiness. No questions or comments. Just checking in. Be safe, Broncos country. Love you all. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag lock for Prez. 2020 20, 20, 20. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, we get what you're saying. And uh, I hope you stay safe after what you told us you have been doing out of the yeah. kindness of your heart in your community, stay safe. And hopefully you have no cause to not be safe in that effort. So really appreciate it. It's good to see you, bro. Um, all right. Let me scroll up just a little here. President Locke sounds pretty good though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that's almost like a almost like a Hollywood name for a president, you know, Andrew Locke. Because isn't that his birth name is Andrew? His father's name is Andrew, I believe. Pretty sure Drew is Andrew, and I mean, not only does it make sense because his father's name is Andrew. My wife's brother's name is Andrew, but he goes by Drew. Most Andrews, I think, go by Andy, like his dad does. His dad goes by Andy Locke, but Andrew Locke, the what number is is Trump right now? Forty five. 40, so maybe the 50th president of the United States. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Let me see what we got here. Uh, Eddie wants to know, is this year 16 games or 17? It is 16 games. Yeah. But what's changing, Zach, on the playoff structure? Maybe drop some knowledge for Eddie. Uh, what was it, Chad? It, oh, it's all good. It's all good. So – the playoffs, the way that changes this year oh, is there's another, there's another team and there's a seventh seed. That's I, I had a, a seventh for seed. It's all good, and only one team gets a bye. Right, the one seed is the only team that gets a bye. So you have three wild card games going on, uh, and then the division, and then the conference title games, and then the Super Bowl. So one additional team now gets into the playoffs, which could make for a really interesting playoff gauntlet. It'll be interesting uh, to see. 
John jumping in with the $5 super. Appreciate you, John. Hope y'all are doing well. Just listening down here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Very cool, John. Well, thank you for checking in. And this goes out to all of our super chat superstars. If you are on Twitter, be sure to reach out and connect with us. Let us know what your handle is so we can shout you out. And of course, as we tell everyone, all of our listeners at the top of every show, make sure you're following us so that we can connect. It's not just for the superstars. We want to connect with all of you as best we can. So take care of that when you get some time. Here's Campbell. Too much risk of McManus missing it. Talking about, you know, going for the the record. Great kicker up to 40 yards after that. Not so good. Make more 50 to 55 yarders than maybe could screw up his mechanics too. And I 100% agree with that take. I mean, basically... If you're Justin Tucker, maybe you can get away with the kind of tantrum that McManus threw on the sideline that day without, you know, garnering the type of criticism from media types like myself. The way he's been missing 50 to 55ers, though, he just – I mean, think back to that Texans game in in, uh, Vance Joseph's final year as the head coach. Had a chance, man, to steal one and miss the the game winner. So – that's why he's no longer considered McMoney's act. I feel like, though, if he's talking about the 65-yard attempt, it wouldn't happen unless it's the end of the half or it's a preseason game or there's nothing to lose if they're ahead of the game by a, a significant margin. So I wouldn't worry about uh, that being a primary directive of McManus' season. Like a previous comment said, if he can just be consistent and nail the 40- to 50-yard kicks, I think most Broncos fans and the Broncos themselves would be happy. KP wants to know, Zach, did you read all the books on the bookshelf and just chuck them? I, I just got that set up, and then I got sick. I have so much I want to put on there, and I will. So check back on that when I can get, uh, get that, to it. Have some time. That reminds me. That's a nice little segue. Real quick, we'll get back to your questions and, and supers in the, in the stream. I promise you, just one second. I want to check on the status of the poll we ran on YouTube about the idea of working in a segment, whether it's weekly, whether it's bi-monthly of like a book club segment. Now, trust me when I say, if we go this route, it's not going to be a segment that bogs down the show with some boring reading of a book or anything like that. It would simply be whatever football book I'm reading, whatever football book Zach might be reading and some of the other podcasts on the, on the, under the, the mile high huddle umbrella, us kind of having an eye out when we're reading these books each and every week for something that would jump out to us that either has Bronco implications or something we think the audience would be interested in knowing about something that would be good for discussion and sharing that with you guys. And so we put a poll out on this is either yesterday or the day before. Let me look at the results. Here's what the question was for the huddle up podcast. Would you like for the fellows to begin including a weekly segment centered around football books, like a review segment where we pick something that jumped out in a book we're reading that we think might interest you. Our listeners, 36% said yes, straight up. 27% Zach said no. 8% said yes, do it weekly. 17% said yes, do it bi-monthly. And then the fifth option was you football priests are nerds, 12%. So (laughs) we got, uh, but still, if you count yes bi-weekly and the just straight up yes, that's a uh, 44% margin. So it's something I think Zach will start working into the uh, programming on, on the pod. Yeah, and George here just said that he bought a book based on what you featured. So I think uh, most Broncos fans would be inclined to hear that. I have a lot of books that I've read and I want to read, and I see in behind you, Chad, you have a, a collection there. So I think it's a good idea to have and, and incorporate, especially with wandering through the non-practices this month and going into training camp. I think what we'll do, 
Bear with me one second. I think what we'll do is we would start off with books that are Bronco related. Like this is a must read for any and all Broncos fans, period, end of story. Nate Jackson, slow getting up, former tight end, Shanahan, late Shanahan era. Um, this is the one I think George is referring to by Andrew Mason, the history of the Broncos, tales from the sideline. Anyway, we, we would start with books that are that are straight up Bronco books and then pass those Wade Phillips biography of, as well I have here, Son of Bum. So that's what we would start out with. And then, you know, like I've read really pedantic football books, whether it's Take Your Eye Off the Football or uh, the Steve Walsh offense or Steve Walsh, um, Bill Walsh offense, et cetera. Some of that stuff you have to we would have to really search for the actual topics that would be yeah. interesting to to our listeners. But it's something we are going to absolutely start working into the show. We'll, we'll do it. Uh, maybe we start out bi-monthly and then if you guys love it. We can kick it up to weekly. Gary Palmer jumping in. Thank really you, Gary. Appreciate you, Gary. It's good to see you in the stream again. He says, do you think KJ Hamler could be a returner? He did it at Penn State. Zach, your answer. He will be the returner, not could be. I think that's that's why he was a second-round pick, partly not just to run fast, speedy routes down the field. He's a dynamic special teams player. That's why I don't see uh, Deontay Spencer getting that one role and taking up a roster spot. It will be Hamler's job come this fall. Sorry to keep bringing up McManus, but James just keeps bringing up excellent points, making excellent points. Plus McManus got worked up over a 65 yard attempt against a team with great returners in a one score game with the temperatures below freezing. He's not Matt Prater. Very true. Very true. Mike D with your bad breath onion rings in the house, <laughs> dropping some, uh, some knowledge and a little super chat. Thank Appreciate you, Mike. You, Mike. I think our D can be, excuse me. I think our D can be elite this season if our O can score some points and stop the three and outs. What's an average week look like? Twenty-seven to twenty points, thirty-five to seven, or twenty. Just you know, in terms of the margin of victory, twenty-seven to twenty, thirty-five seventeen. Can't wait for football. Good question, you guys. That is a good question. What do you think the average week? I mean, it's obviously it's hard to say the average week because each opponent in the NFL is so unique. And it's only 16 games as opposed to 82 in basketball and however many it is in Major League Baseball. But what's your answer? Well, first of all, I think with or without the Broncos offense succeeding, which I think they will anyway, the Broncos defense will be elite in the top 10, if not top five. But I see something 30 points per game is incredibly tough to manage. I think only one team in the NFL, I think it was the Ravens last year, did it. Not even the Chiefs did it. So I see something like 27-16. Something like that. The Broncos allowing about two touchdowns and scoring almost four touchdowns per game. Might be a little generous on that side, but the margin, considering how good the Broncos defense will be, will carry them to victory. Amen. Brian jumping back in to let us know on Super. Appreciate you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. I'm breaking out the jet skis this weekend, 70 miles per hour. Nice. Well, uh, we assume you know what you're doing, my friend. So we'll uh, wish you well in that. Enjoy yourself out on the water. All right, let's see uh, George coming back in with another super. Just being extremely generous tonight. Thank, Thank you, George, you. so much. Generous every every podcast, to be honest with you, but tonight a little more generous. He's saying, wow, my favorite Bronco moments and how I became a Broncos fan. Can't wait to share it with Broncos country. Okay, we have our topics for George. I will remember that, my friend, when we get you on. It's going to be a gas. Um, let's grab Robert here. He wants to know, will Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton stay on one side of the field or will they change it up? 
Well, you're going to see a lot of trips where they are on the side, same side. You're going to see a lot of twin looks where they are on the same side. But from a base perspective, one will be the X, the other will be the Z. And so it doesn't really matter what side of the field they line up. But Pat Shermer does like to use a lot of, of trips formations to try and confound coverages and, and get the other side, get the defense thinking in their coverage instead of just reacting and playing. So it'll be, I think it'll be a pretty solid grab bag of everything's at. Yeah, and one thing you won't see, though, I think, is Cortland Sutton in the slot. He's a, he's a pretty predominant outside guy, but you're going to have Tim Patrick in the slot. You're going to have Jerry Judy in the slot. You're going to have K.J. Hamler in the slot. Pat Shermer has an embarrassment of riches at wide receiver, and he will scheme around based on opponent, based on down and distance to get the most out of the offense. I'm excited to see that. Me too, man. I really am. I can't wait. Black Knight jumping in with a $5 super. You don't Thank have to you. do that. Thanks, my brother. He says, this question is out in left field, but do you see us drafting a right tackle in next year's draft? Anyway, I got a jet and get the tourney set up. Peace out. Well, thanks for dropping that question, and I'm sure you'll be listening after the fact. So do, well, do, I see the, do we see the Broncos drafting a right tackle next year? That assumes probably well, – it doesn't necessarily assume that Juwan James was a failure this year. They – because he, he would be then entering in 2021 the third year of a four-year deal with the Broncos. So you might want to start preempting his eventual, um, you know, leaving the team, his contract running out. So I could see the Broncos. Yes, absolutely. They did not draft a tackle this year. I think it's a safe bet at some point in the premium rounds next year they do draft a tackle. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know about right tackle or left tackle, but they will draft a tackle. They just cannot avoid the position any longer. And considering Garrett Bowles, he doesn't have a, his fifth year guaranteed right now. And Juwan James is always up in the air every year. They have to stabilize that position. They did it at wide receiver this year, Chad. I think the next um, the approach at tackle next year will be the same. Kenneth Booker making a good point. He says, every time I see these quarterbacks breaking records, I always think, what if Elway didn't get stuck with Dan Reeves? What if he got someone like Bill Walsh? Here's an even better one, Kenneth. What if he got Mike Shanahan in 19, what was it, 93, when they finally fired Dan Reeves and instead did a two-year detour with Wade Phillips and uh, Jim Fossil? What if instead that had been Mike Shanahan? By that point, Elway is almost a 10-year vet, so – I think you're right. If you go back even farther, if Elway would have been drafted to a Bill Walsh team, the San Francisco 49ers, who knows? I still don't think you would have seen the offensive fireworks that are taking place in today's game, even with Elway and and with someone like Bill Walsh. But still, Mike Shanahan got some excellent production out of Elway. Those final, let's see, what was it, 95, 6, 7, 8. So he got four seasons of really good production from an older aging quarterback in year 13, 14, 15, and 16. So without those four years of Shanahan, obviously you don't get the Super Bowls. And Zach, there's a there's a fair question or fair, I think, question to wonder whether or not Elway ends up with the records that he did have right. when he did finally retire following uh, Super Bowl 33. Yeah, I wouldn't rewrite history. I think Elway had a pretty good career. He did pretty well for himself in the Broncos, so it all worked out. Amen. All right, guys, we are at 51 minutes. Let me see what we've got here. I don't want to miss anybody. Uh, Facebook user. So this, when you when you guys see, for those of you watching on the other platforms, when you see Facebook user, that's someone who is replying from the stream as shared in the MHH super fan group on Facebook. And I don't know why, but when it's on the when it comes from the group, they, you actually have to give StreamYard the permission. This, that's the platform we use to stream. 
you have to give StreamYard permission as a Facebook user to to uh, show your name. So that's why it says Facebook user. I wish I could call you out by name here, but I can't. He says, or she, I have a question. Do you think the Broncos offensive line is better this coming season? Zach, even if you don't get a healthy Jawan James for the entire season or close to, I, I really do think they upgraded this offensive line. And again, you might not get like complete night and day growth from Garrett Bowles, but I am more inclined to believe that you're going to see a more consistent Garrett Bowles in 2020. So I do think the answer to that is yes. Lloyd Cushenberry, Graham Glasgow, Dalton Reisner in year two. It's exciting. I mean, go down the line. They upgraded Leary with Glasgow. They upgraded, I think, Connor McGovern with Lloyd Cushenberry. And like I said, uh, Garrett Bowles is the X factor. He's the he's the wild card here. If he can just be above average and hold his own, the Broncos' offensive line could actually be top twelve, top ten, as crazy as it sounds in the entire NFL. They have the talent and the coaching. Brian Kraft, I know why Von Miller is wearing the number fifty eight, and this is absolutely true. It's it's a a hat tip, if you will, an homage. To Derek Thomas, the former, you know, Hall of Fame Kansas City Chiefs. I'm pretty sure he's Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's Hall of Fame. Who died yeah. extremely young, war number 58. And I think he to this day, does he still own the sack record for a game? I know he had five sacks, or was it I could be wrong on that. You guys who are the true uh historians of the NFL, I know at one point he had the record, but I'm wondering now if Khalil Mack might have yanked it from him against Ty Sambrilo or was it uh, Schofield? No, it was Sambrilo. I don't know. But, yeah, that is why Von Miller wears 58, to honor Derek Thomas. Great player. He, he tragically passed away way too soon. He was a phenomenal player. Von wanted to wear his, his college number, which was 40. But at the right. time, the Broncos, I think, because he was categorized in John Fox slash um, – what was his name? I just had – I almost had a dude. What was his name? They're Dennis. Oh, come on, dude. What's his last name? Dennis Allen, head coach of the went on to be the head coach of the Raiders. Anyway, he was playing as a defensive lineman, as a defensive end, basically, even though he's stand-up guy, two-point stance. He had to change into the 50s or 90s, and he chose 58 to honor uh Derek Thomas. Anyway. Ron Dub, one of our super chat superstars jumping in. Really appreciate that, you, Ron. Ron. You know we do, my friend. He says, hey, did y'all see Peter King's ranking of the Raiders? Yes, they were number eight. <laughs> Asinine. I don't see Locke having too many picks, and Judy will separate for catches while Sutton will just jump up and get the ball. What say you? First and foremost, Zach, I want you to wax poetic on the notion of the, <laughs> Oak, well, the Las Vegas Raiders geez, being ranked eighth overall in Peter King's power rankings, and then we'll get to what Ron has to say here. I, they 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 had a nice offseason. I will say that about the Raiders. They really had a great free agent period. They had a pretty solid draft, but number eight overall, a top ten team in the NFL. Chad, what do they do to deserve that? What is Peter King ingesting in, in his system to put to see the Raiders and make the number eight overall? I don't agree with that. Obviously, I think they're number eighteen. That's more fitting for the Raiders. Um, I don't know what to say about that, Chad. That's asinine to the max. It is. But Peter King, you know, I love reading his prose. I love a lot of the times his knowledge of the history of the game. And he's been covering the NFL for so long, all those years with Sports Illustrated and now with NBC Sports. And he is a unique character on the NFL landscape from the media perspective. He's 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 one of the all time greats. But every once in a while, he has a completely redonkulous take. And this is one of them ranking the Raiders at number eight. Give me a break. 
I could even live with or understand if you say, based on the offseason, I'm going to rank them higher than, say, the Broncos or the Chargers. Okay, but number eight, a top 10 team. Let's get, though, to what Ron says here, Zach. He, he says, basically, do you see Locke not having as many picks or too many picks because you're going to have Judy getting separation with his route running? You're going to have Sutton jumping up and, you know, my balling it from people. He's going to have a lot of touchdowns, but he's a natural gunslinger. He's not an Alex Smith. He's more of a Brett Favre, Tony Romo, and they threw a bunch of interceptions and a bunch of touchdowns. On paper, yeah, you have the, the, the possession monster in Cortland Sutton. You have the speed demon and KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy. It's a great offensive system with great playmakers, but Drew Locke will take chances down the field in Pat Shermer's vertical system. It's, interceptions are inevitable, it, it, especially with a first-year starter, Chad. So um, I, I wouldn't expect Locke to go you know, 35-7 or 40-10. It's going to be a little more than I think most Broncos fans are expecting. But I do think those guys will bail him out quite a few times. Yeah and uh, stave off what could be even worse. I mean, at times, what's the phrase Gretzky made famous? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And in the NFL, it's absolutely true. But a lot of those shots are completed because a wide receiver bails out the, the quarterback who's just basically throwing it up there and saying, I'm giving you a chance, make it happen. And Sutton's great at that. We'll see how, how well Judy adjusts to that in, in the pros, but. Two different receivers, but it's going to be fun to see him on the field together. Cottonmouth78 jumping in. Thank you. Appreciate that. He says, five bones from Illinois. Sitting back, drinking a beer, enjoying the show. Thanks, guys. Denver Broncos for life. Very Living cool. the life. Appreciate you. You are, my friend. Appreciate you. Um, all right. Let's see. We're at 57 minutes. We got to bounce out here very, very soon. Uh, Brandon Cook. Glad you found us, my friend. Whoop. Glad you found us, my friend. Uh, Charlie, the Joe Flacco story. I'm not here to mentor. <laughs> we could go down that rabbit hole, but we oh, got to keep man. Zach level right now. He's still fighting the bug. We don't want yeah. him to go on his top. Yeah, don't get me started right now. We don't That's need the, the Flacco rant to land <laughs> Zach in the in the ER right now. <laughs> um, our Severo eleven. Appreciate that five dollar super, yeah. my friend. Thank he you. says, "Here is a Broncos fan in enemy territory, Las Vegas." Okay. What about Natani Muti? Is he healthy? Any chances that he could make the roster? Thank you for the super chat. And yes, he's he's healthy. Yes, she still has a little ways to go on getting fully back into football conditioning and full full health. However, unless he suffers a setback this summer, or if the rock, I don't think if you if you expose Natani Muti to the waiver wire at any point after having allowed him appear in an NFL preseason game. You're not sneaking him to the practice squad. So I think they're going to have to hold on to him on the 53 if and unless they do one of those mysterious, you know, just straight to IR type of let's see him on the grass in training camp. Not quite there. needs more time to heal. We're going to go ahead and say he pulled this, needs this injured reserve and put him on ice for a year. Muti and Sturdad were two of my favorite kind of dark horse picks the Broncos made. Muti has starter upside, Chad. He is a mauler in the run game. He can be, a couple years from now, he can be the, 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 the successor to Graham Glasgow if he walks. He can be a starting caliber player, but yeah, he will be on the 53, and if he can just shake the injury bug, uh, the Broncos have a steal on their hands. All right, guys, I think I see three more supers in here, and then we got to get out of here. We're button up right against the one-hour mark. Eddie Vasquez, really appreciate that. Thank Super, you, Eddie. My friend. And by the way, Eddie, are you on Twitter? If so, let us know what your tag is. Reach out to us. He says, 
is 10 and 6 wishful thinking. I think it's a great goal. Also, thank you all for just being y'all. Great to always be in these lives, ordering swag soon. Very cool, Eddie. Um, appreciate you, my friend. Yeah. I don't think it's wishful thinking. But at the same time, this is, you know, based on strength of schedule, it's the 12th hardest, I believe, off the top of my head, uh, in the league this year. But there's reason to believe it could even be a little bit more difficult than that. So the Broncos aren't going to have it easy. They're not. They're playing a second-place schedule. They're not playing a fourth-place schedule. So they're going to have to come correct, and all these changes, maneuvers, machinations that they've made over the last, we'll say, three off-seasons, this has to be the year that those dominoes fall, the stars align, and it all clicks. It doesn't have to be in perfect unison, but more so than not, it needs to come together and if it does, this is a team that's right back into competitive relevance, and 10-6 and six is not out of the question. I don't think it's wishful thinking. I think it's fairly realistic to think the Broncos can hit that, considering they went 7-9 and nine with Joe Flacco starting eight games and Brandon Allen and Drew Locke being a rookie quarterback and coming off an injury. 7-9 and nine was a good record last year. Two more wins, I think, is the baseline minimum you can hope for for Denver this year, 9-7. and 10-6 and six is my personal prediction. I mean, uh, you look at the schedule, there's not a game on there where you're thinking to yourself, the Broncos have absolutely no chance. It's a loss. Parity can happen at any moment. This is a sport that's constant turnaround. All hinges, though, on Drew Locke. If he takes that step, Chad, as we think he will, 10-6 and six will happen. It won't be just wishful thinking. It should be the goal, not the expectation. There you go. That's how you know it's true mindset shift a true mighty change of heart has taken place it's the expectation not just the goal george just continuing to wow, be extremely george. generous on super we love you my friend That's amazing thank you he says i think bowls will prove his worth this year if we draft a tackle in 2021 it will be a right tackle you could be right i i'm inclined to believe or uh, to agree with you george that i think bowls is going to be better I just don't know if it's going to be that much better to warrant the Broncos opening up the checkbook because right. if it is, let's say he plays at a Pro Bowl level just for craps and gigs, okay? If he plays at a Pro Bowl level, how can you trust that? How can you trust it one year flash in the pan after three previous right. years of very inconsistent and boneheaded play at times? I don't envy the Broncos having to make that decision. However, if that does end up being a question for them, it's a good problem to have. It's not the worst problem to have. I, well, he's on the Garrett Bowl scale, and the Garrett Bowl scale is different than any other NFL player scale, or at least left tackle scale. So if, if, if he's really good, that would be an average year for another left tackle in the NFL. But if he can just be consistent, Chad, if he can just hold his own and not blow up the Broncos' offense, I think most fans and the team itself will take that. All right, let me look here. So I know Derek Thomas initially set the record. Against the Seahawks, he sacked Dave Craig nine times. Holy smack, nine that was times. way off, dude. Um, nine? Wow. Nine times, nine sacks in one game. So <laughs> you, there you have it. How do you Usu, let that happen? <laughs> uh, Usu Yora might have got close. I know Khalil Mack got about half of that number in one game, but it's just – it's nine. Wow. It's ridiculous. I don't know. Let me let me do that one more time. NFL had everyone block him. I had you allow nine sacks in one game. I can't even do that in Madden. All right, let me let me. Yeah, Derek Thomas. It's seven, not nine. Wow. According to Pro Football Reference. So forgive forgive me on that. It's seven. The article I read was off. Followed by Adrian Claiborne having six against the Cowboys in 2017. Derek Thomas again with six against the Raiders. OCU Manora, you were right, James, had six against the Eagles in 2007. 
And then there's a few other guys on here like Alden Smith, Antoine Odom, Jim Jeffcoat, Khalil Max on the list, Mario Williams. So anyway, very interesting. All right, guys, we got to grab Oscar here and then we're out. Uh, appreciate that super. Thank you, Oscar. Jumping back in like that, he says, actually, I have a Cowboys question for Zach. Do you see Michael Gallup getting extended in a couple years, or will he walk, allowing CeeDee Lamb to replace him? It's a good question. I don't think CeeDee Lamb's selection was an indictment on Michael Gallup. Gallup had a breakout 2019. At times, he was better than Amari Cooper. I think the Cowboys, though, just lucked into CeeDee Lamb at number 17. They couldn't pass him up, and they want that fearsome threesome back again. They have the quarterback, they have the running back, and now they have three fantastic wide receivers. I think he will be extended, considering Lamb, by that time, will still be on his rookie deal more than likely. I think uh, Gallup is is a long-term guy for Dallas. Great player. All right, guys. We checked from Pro Football Reference itself. We know for sure what the record is. And, yeah, Derek Thomas was an animal, dude. There's a reason Von Miller honored him by choosing his number, despite it being a Kansas City Chief all-time great. But, gang, we got to get out of here for tonight. Thank you so much for joining us on the last Huddle Up podcast of this week. But it's not the last Mile High Huddle podcast of this week. Tomorrow night you'll get Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Saturday you'll get Mile High Insiders with Luke Patterson and Nick Kendall. And then Zach and I will be back in the saddle Sunday night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to have Christy on for a segment. We're going to do our kickoff, our, our celebration week of eclipsing 7,000 subscribers on YouTube. So do not miss Sunday night's episode. Trust us when you sit, when we say you're going to want to be locked in for that. You don't want to watch it after the fact. You don't want to listen on demand. That's one of the podcasts you're going to want to be in the room participating. So circle it in your calendars, put it in your Google calendar, whatever. Make sure you take care of that. Follow the podcast on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. You can find my partner, Zach, here at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. And Zach, dude, I hope these next couple of days is the last little stages of your head cold, and by yeah. Sunday you're back to fully 100%. I should be, yeah. And by then, Kevin, I'll have the bookshelf more filled out behind me, so <laughs> I'm just look out for that. All right, gang. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Be smart. Take care of each other. Listen cool. more than you talk. And uh, that's a funny thing. Really quick, a quick aside. I read a, a, I can't remember where I read it now, but most people when this applies to the situation happening in the country right now, most people, when they listen, they listen to reply or rebut. They don't listen to learn. They don't listen to understand. So when we listen, this is a message to myself. I'm talking to myself, not just, I'm not preaching to you guys. I'm just saying, let's all try and listen to each other, take care of each other. But with that being said, we're out of here. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll see you Sunday night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. 
Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.